0: Way we wanted it, Jerry Hamilton, but it did happen. The Longhorns uh, beat uh, uh, Wyoming Cowboys. This is the post-game show uh, for Inside Texas on Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, join me. Rod Babers will be on in just a few minutes. Uh, he is. Fi- he just finished up uh, the uh, other uh, uh, watch with us. He was doing with uh, Aaron Hogan. How's it going, Rod?
1: Hey, what's up, fellas? <laughs> Hey, we just recorded here uh,
0: the the uh, post game show brought to you by the folks at Flight. It's the next generation of light beer uh, for uh, you at uh, Yingling made uh, Yingling proud. Next generation of light beer, Flight Rod. I was just telling Jerry not always the way we wanted to see it, but
1: for the second straight week, Texas dominates in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, I mean honestly. <laughs> That's how TCU went to the national title game last year. Uh, They just kind of fought like hell the first three quarters and the fourth quarter found a way to win. Uh, That's this is that antithesis of what this team was last season. Last season, they outscored their opponents by combined, I think 179 points in the first three quarters, but they were outscored in the fourth quarter and overtime combined by, I think around 12 points, somewhere around there. That's, that's the antithesis now. So far, I believe the Rice game, they actually were outscored in the fourth quarter. But in the Bama game, they won the fourth quarter 21-8, and then they dominate the fourth quarter uh, in this matchup versus Wyoming, even though I think they entered the fourth quarter 10-10. You know what? I'll take it. I'm all about it. You know what I mean? That's a first-world problem. We can complain about the first three quarters. Uh, we didn't like the way they played, but they found a way to, to pull away and separate in the fourth quarter. As a matter of fact, what they say, they always say that, you know, be careful what you wish for. Right? Every, every Longhorn fan wanted a fourth-quarter team. Well, they're a fourth-quarter team. Now, I didn't say they were a fourth-quarter team, but a fourth-quarter team. So, there you go. Take it. I'll take it, baby. I'll take it.
2: <laughs> Jerry, your first co- uh, comments? Uh, congrats to Wyoming. They can get on the plane and f- uh, fly home, and their coaching staff won the coaching battle tonight. They won the coaching battle, clearly, in this game. Uh, I mean, you got to give them credit and tip your hat. Tip your hat to them. They won the coaching battle.
0: You know they did, but Jerry, I I gotta say this: they did because they they tried to squeeze the game. Uh, sure. They didn't necessarily have they uh, they didn't necessarily have a game plan to necessarily go out and beat Texas. They had a game plan to compete with Texas. Um, and I and I will say this: outside of the big run uh, in the first half, yeah, the Texas defense played pretty salty um, it, the rest of the way. They they did a little bend but don't break. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, at the end of the day, Jerry and Rod, uh, only giving up three points the rest of the way after the first series of the game,
2: pretty yeah. strong. Well, I now- mean, look, uh, with, part, with the Peasley out, you lost your quarterback run game. Yes. You know, here's the thing. That I think they've been game planning that all week, though, right? That's obvious. Um, it, it, when he didn't play in the fourth quarter against Portland, and we kind of heard some rumors, okay, yeah, and I think Wyoming made the right call because they their season is a lot more important than one game, and in keeping a guy that's had some injury issues yeah. healthy. Uh, but look, I I just thought, I mean, I thought they had a better plan to start the game.
1: I'll, I'll add this to, to piggyback on what Jerry said. D, I'll, I'll go defense, Jerry, because you went offense because right offense they just want to play keep away, and they that was part of their goal, and they did it they did it effectively for three quarters. I just played keep away, but defensively I'll give them, I'll give them a ton of credit because, and I, I hinted at this during the week. I was like, man, they'll just, I'll just watch that rice film and go, I know we can do everything rice did. I know we can. And this is a team and I'll give Jerry credit. Jerry said it to uh, earlier this week, they run the three, high three down. I'll pat myself on the back. I've been telling y'all for months, for anybody who will listen, the 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 Steve Sarkeesian kryptonite for his offense has been the three high three down like if you just run it systematically it 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 matches up well with Sark's offense it just does and they they minor in it or major in it whatever you want to say they ran a lot of it and maybe they ran a lot of it because they knew that hey it works well versus Sark's offense or not they ran a lot of it and Sark's offense three first three quarters It didn't score a lot of points versus that that defense. And then it ended up breaking out and having a blowout fourth quarter. So I'll add that to it, too. And on third and longs, I saw a lot of the same things that I saw in the Rice game. Amoeba fronts, stimulated pressures. (laughs) The blueprint is out there now. That's not like the blueprint ain't out there. And that's basically what Jerry's saying. Jerry's saying they had a good game plan because they followed the blueprint to really give Texas issues, which is run lots of amoeba fronts, simulated pressures, all right, and run the three high, three down. You can do that. You got a good shot. You got as good a shot as anybody schematically. That's what they did.
2: I, I, think, I think what we're going to get to against the three high, three down is Sarks recruited a bunch of really good athletes and large humans. You have to start leaning on people. You have to start the game leaning on people. Well, that's what, what, he, what are, what are you recruiting these guys for? Yeah. Lean on people and come out physical to start a game, and I just, you know, I I didn't like that aspect of it, Bobby.
0: No, I, I think it's fair to not like it. I, I think the game was too close for for comfort for a lot of people. Right. <clears throat> the one thing I would I would uh, counter that with is this: Quinn Ewers had a bad game. First half, he was bad. Um, he missed a couple open guys. He was not processing. He didn't step up into the pocket. You know, it looked like it was it was almost like a lackadaisical performance, uh, in my opinion, uh, from him. And sometimes the, the team goes as he goes. I will say this. I came out of my chair whenever Xavier Worthy caught that ball and went to the house. Uh, because, Jerry, this is what we talked about. You know, Texas, you have to have players that step up and make plays. Yeah. That game was 10-10. And Xavier Worthy took it to the house. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not surprised by it, but, boy, they needed that shot in the arm big time, and they got it. Uh, and, and that was probably the play of the game for me, uh, more than any other play. That changed the game because then Texas had already showed they could stop Wyoming in the red zone, um, it, just the drive before. And now you're
2: up seven instead of just three. That was just a huge momentum change of the whole game. Uh, I know Sarcil also commented on drops after this game. By mm, the
0: way, yeah. yeah, early in the first mm. half, no doubt.
2: Yeah, no, doubt. it was a, it was just an ugly first half of offensive football. I think from maybe plan to play. Yep, no yeah. doubt. No. Hey, hey
0: Rod, your, your thoughts on on uh, the Texas defense and what they were able to pull <laughs> off? Because I tell you what take away their 75-yard or whatever it was, 65-yard run.
1: 62-yard. Yeah. I, mm-hmm.
0: The Texas defense, they we knew they were going to try to nickel and dime Texas, and they did that successfully. But, I, you know, Texas, Jaron Thompson jumped a route, made a big play. Um, the Texas defense mm-hmm. played a lot of players again this week. Uh, other than – and, and Anthony Hill will get in trouble for what he did on that long run because he – he don't totally whiffed on the hole. Yeah. He he over pursued and Vernon Broughton let the guy kick him out too far. But other than that, I mean, they hit some runs, but largely speaking, they had they clearly had a plan to, to change to stop the run in the second half and make make the DB or make the uh, uh quarterback beat them.
1: Yeah, it was a bend but don't break, especially when you found out it was the backup, right? You found out it was the backup quarterback. Hell, I don't know how how many times did they throw the football downfield, 15, 20 yards down the field? Did how I many? Do you guys remember them? I one one of them was
0: that key third down play where that yeah, the, right over it was between the safety and the corner.
1: Yeah, so we talked about one or two times maybe, and I think Texas played that appropriately. Basically, that they were going to bend but don't break. After that sixty-two yard run, that was pretty much all. I had you know my prediction had them scoring three points. Wyoming scoring three points. That's how I saw. I didn't see the sixty-two yarder coming. That's, what, that's the one I didn't yeah. see. But by the way, you got to give a lot of credit. I went back and watched that play like a, a ton. That was a great job blocking by Wyoming. We ain't going to give them enough credit. But, man, go watch that left tackle on that play. Go watch him block Baron Sorrell and then go reach block to the second level to go get Jalen Ford um, and then go to the second level. It, uh, it was another guy. They had a combo block. I believe on, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was on sweat on that play, and then the uh, then he goes up, then he, uh, the guard goes up to the second level. They had two different guys that that blocked two different Texas players, uh, so they got two for four. Basically, got two on four, two for four in that play. And go, go back and watch it, man. It was this great execution by Wyoming. I know you're like, why are you talking about Wyoming? It really was. That's why it was the only really big play. It was their coach gonna go back and watch that play, dude. It was exceptional blocking by them, and it was bad. It was a bad execution by Texas, but it was probably more exceptional effort and execution by them than it was, you know, on Texas just making a bad play. Anthony Hill probably had the worst execution on play because he gets caught up in the wash. Yeah, right. I don't even know if he gets necessarily black. He gets caught up in the wash more than anything.
0: Yeah. He well, he he was supposed to stay backside. He had backside yeah. responsibility, and yeah. he flowed to the football a little bit too much and got caught on a. Cut back. Hey, uh, Matt, our producer, would you bring up the stats for everyone, if you don't mind, please? Let's bring up the stats and kind of look at what happened here tonight. Uh, Look, I'm getting texts uh, from all over the place. A lot of Longhorn fans were nervous heading into that fourth quarter. Myself among them. uh, I'll be (laughs) honest. Uh, I I will say this, guys. Um, The Longhorns won this game on the ground, ultimately, I think. And with Xavier Worthy on that pass play, right? Uh, 164 yards today for Jonathan Brooks on 21 attempts. He averaged almost eight yards a carry. To Jerry's point, maybe they should have done this earlier. Uh, Jaden Blue with 14 yards on five carries. Had what could have been another game, uh, not a game-sealing first down, uh, but he made the first down and then fumbled. Uh, That's the Longhorns' first turnover of the year, Uh, by the way. I thought that was interesting. Quinn Ewers probably should have been picked off. He finished just 11 of 21, barely over 50%. For 131 yards, two TDs. Uh, Quinn Ewers should have been picked off, like I mentioned. Uh, Xavier Worthy with four for 56. Um, 880 Mitchell, three for 30. The one that's interesting here, JT Sanders, no receptions. Mm. That's that's usually not happening uh, to JT Sanders. Uh, Total yardage, Texas wins that battle, 316 to 291. For the longest time, you didn't think that was going to happen. Texas uh, also wins the ground game. And uh, loses out on the passing yards. Uh, Wyoming, to y'all's point, 17 first downs to just 13 uh, for the Longhorns. They played that nickel and dime and kept going. uh, But they ended up only 4 of 14 on third downs. All right, You know, that's pretty good for Texas. 4 of 12 for the Longhorns after starting, I think, 0 and 7 on third downs. Mm. Uh, All right, that's going to do it. Time of possession, lopsided, of course. Wyoming 38 minutes to Texas is 22. Uh, some other thoughts on the game. How about Steve Sarkeesian pulling out the Wildcat with Savion Red? What? What? what, what I did. I missed you guys on the uh, watch with us because I I stepped away. What did y'all
2: think about that one, guys? I called the Red
1: Cat, man. The Red Cat. The red Cat. You know <laughs> what? It made,
2: you know what it made me want um, when Jonathan Brooks isn't carrying the football. Cedric Baxter's out. It needs to be Savion Red. I know he's working his way back. But Savion Red, it, n- nothing against Jaden Blue. He's a good space player. He's not a. He's not going to be a running back in this scheme. In between the tackles, Savion Red needs to take those carries. Bottom line,
1: if you want yeah, to maximize ball, yeah,
2: like that happen. If you want to make you maximize your run game, Savion Red needs to carry the ball and steal Jaden Blue.
0: Mm-hmm. Rod, what does that do to a defense when you bring something up like that? Something that they probably hadn't prepared for much. And oh, the in, Red Cat. Yeah. I mean, you know, Wyoming, they may have seen it in the last couple of years, et cetera. They're a a veteran team, but they certainly didn't prep for it against Texas. And that big 17, long 17 play drive, 91 yard drive in the first half, two fourth downs converted by Savion Red.
1: Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they run what they call their big 12 package when they put Malik Agbo out there, the sixth offensive lineman. And they got Gunnar Helm and JT Sanders out there. So it's a lot. That's a lot of mass, man. That's a lot of man mass out there. And that's when they want to play bully ball. So at that point, yeah, you should just be able to move the opponent off the line of scrimmage. And that's what they did. And you're right. It causes... Confusion, mass panic among the de- defense because, like, what the hell? Where do I line up? Where that's my guy? Quarterback is over there. Running back? Who is? Who am I? What? What's going on? I'm surprised you usually don't just get a timeout before that. Um, but uh, maybe they were ready for the wildcat. Um, just because they've seen it with Rose uh, in previous years before. Um, but usually stuff like that, man, it just kind of freaks out uh, the the opposing team. And I'll give Sark credit, man. He's breaking out the trick plays early on. Uh, had to throw to Byron Murphy uh, for the touchdown. So man, I know it's not a trick play, but just a defensive lineman in there, not really something you'd expect. So he's definitely going with an unconventional, kind of unconventional style early on with some of the, the non-traditional plays, which I like.
0: All right. Uh, speaking with Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton of on Texas football, Inside Texas, uh, Longhorns defeat Wyoming 31-10, to uh, I thought it was nice that the Longhorns kept Wyoming off the scoreboard to end the game, unlike the Rice game, guys. Now, that was a pick play, Rod. I know you were calling, you were yelling that was a pick by that uh, Wyoming defensive back uh, on uh, Malik Muhammad <laughs> or Manny Muhammad uh, to open that up. That was like textbook pick play, right?
1: Hey, the tip is a. Either a pick route or a rub route. It depends on what side you on. Some people say it's a pick route. Someone said, rub. I'm a DV. So it's always a pick route to me. Why? he was like, oh, that's a rub. It was like, hey, man, it's a pick. Depends on what side you're on.
0: <laughs> I, I like how they finished strong, though, in that regard. Uh, they did get off the field. Uh, a lot of young players played, like I mentioned earlier, Jerry. First extensive action probably for Derek Williams yep. right in the secondary. I don't know if y'all saw that a bunch. I saw that. Uh, Mitchell was in on the last drive. Uh, that also had Leonga Lafow, uh Anthony Hill uh, started playing. He was actually playing. Uh, I thought he he stayed at home a little bit better after he came out of the game early because he overran that one hole. Uh, but uh, maybe surprising me a little bit was Texas lack of
2: pressure on the Wyoming yeah. quarterback. But, again, it was third and five so much. It was so third and mediums, third and shorts. But they run the double tight end set. They negated Ethan Burke off the edge. They waggled. They moved the pocket. They slammed on the line. They had a great game plan. Mm-hmm. They had a great game plan. But what it did show you is while, look, this defense is it's very touted. It's good. I don't think it's an elite unit. I think they're very good. Um just that natural pass rusher that can say at any point in any time, I'm going to go get mine. They still lack that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what Derek Williams could bring, Texas, they need some speed at safety. Uh, when that 62 yard run, they should have been able to catch him. They, I, I'm, you know, I'm not. They had angles on this guy. Jaren Thompson had an angle. I, go go back and look at it. Initially, I'm thinking, oh, Thompson Thompson's gonna walk this guy down. He's gonna pin him to the sideline. He'll get him before he goes up. And he he destroyed that angle. And they need some speed at safety. Jalen Catlin's a good player. He might, I mean, because Keaton Crawford's a fast guy at safety too. I think that's they, they want more speed at safety with this with this new generation. And maybe I think that's what Derek Williams represents a little bit too.
0: I, I would agree, and it also didn't look good because Ryan Watts couldn't chase him down either. He could not. Yeah, could not. So, and that's a corner. Not, and so I I had made the mention on the watch with us, Rod, at that point in time ago, that's not good film for them for the NFL draft.
1: And, 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 by, and by the way – That
0: is not good. That that means no makeup speed.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah,
0: you're,
2: you're, Wyoming showed you what uh, boy, where Big 12 teams are going to attack the Texas defense in the passing game. They're going to – they're going to test the Texas safeties, not cattle on everybody else, time in, time out, time in, time again. Yeah. Can you cover hash to boundary? Can you close on the ball from hash to boundary?
1: Yep. Yeah, well, badm- that that badm- is badm- the
2: Texas weakness at safety.
1: Yeah. Badm- if the badm- 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 has time badm-
2: to make that throw, that close from hash to boundary is a weakness a, a Texas secondary right now. That's a great point.
0: All right. Hey, I got a couple of questions coming in right now. A couple of super chats as well. Uh, You're listening to Rod Babers and Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton of on Texas football inside Texas post game show. Uh, Make sure you check out all the articles on inside Texas. uh, When you get a chance, this comes from Michael Williams. Glad they pulled out the win. Me too. Uh, That was a That's too close for call. Is it just me or can our wide receivers and tight ends can't block? Not sure how many times I saw multiple players going to block one defender Leaving mm-hmm. another free to tackle, some of that is actually on purpose. The that they do that so that the wide receiver actually has to make the first tackler miss for it to be a big play, right? Rod? I mean, you've defended those. They 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 call those out. Hey, by the way, and, and I'm gonna bridge that in. I want you to answer that, but I also want to do a hat tip to Jade Barron. Yes, great uh, game. Bunch of a bunch of big plays for Jade Barron tonight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying t- I I'm with you 100. You guys know I'm a huge Jaden Barron fan. He's one of those havoc-minded defenders. I don't think I've seen a DB slip blocks and fight off blocks as as well as Jaden Barron. He never gets blocked on those wide receiver screens. Like they never get him. They i never he never gets held up by that that first blocker. Look at yeah, and I you saw him all over the place. Those six solo tackles. I mean, I wonder how many of those were like those slip wide receiver screens. I mean, there's anything underneath a quick game. He sniffs it out and he's he's right on top of it. I, I think at one point teams are gonna start testing him with double moves and things of that nature, but when they have him in zone, he's just he his instincts are really so keen. I mean, they just get him so close to the football all the time. He reached the quarterback really well, he trusts his instincts, and I can tell he does a ton of film study. I would love to ask him how much film study he does per week, because I, t- I know he does a ton because he reads his keys and he believes all of them.
0: Got it. Uh, you're looking at the stats there. Uh, yeah. Sacks, I, I I believe only only, um, one. only Baron Sorrell got home right. Yeah, late in the game. Correct? Late in the game. Yeah, uh, on a on a key third down play uh, in, in the red zone. By the way, right when they needed, they did not exactly. need that ball to go to the end zone. Right then. Um, all right, uh, got some more questions here coming in uh, for you, uh, Justin Yarbrough. It seems Sark kept it very vanilla on offense again, uh, but and but was sloppy in the first half. Uh, lots of freshmen on defense lo- looked uh, late and looked good. Uh, vanilla offensive game plan or just the wrong one or sloppiness?
2: What what are we? How do we describe the first three quarters? I think the wrong one, but that's just me. You think I, that you should have leaned on them more physically. Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, what are we recruiting these large humans for? If we're not gonna lean on people to start a game, we're not gonna, we're not, right. gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna set the tone physically up front. What are we recruiting the large humans for?
1: Rob, what do you think, Dave I, I I I agree with Jerry. Obviously, it was the wrong game plan. I mean, look at how it started. So right. <laughs> it was obviously the wrong game plan. So I agree with Jerry on that. I'll just add to it. It was sloppy. You talked about how Quinn Ewers looked a little off. Uh, They had the pre-snap penalties. Hell, they didn't have great. That's a great point. No pre-snap
2: penalties on the offensive line at Bama, and they come out with first drive in the game. First drive,
1: right? They had a pre-snap penalty, so they were they were a little sloppy. They were distracted. They didn't have that crystallized focus. That was pretty obvious too. So I'm I'm gonna add that. I think Jerry's right though. I'll add a little sloppy to it on top of that.
2: And obviously, Cole Hudson. You will see see what that injury is. Uh, that oh. didn't look good, guys. That didn't yeah. look good. No, no, I, it, that's got to accelerate DJ Campbell's in pass pro. No
1: doubt. <laughs> he got
0: beat again. Um, yeah. I
2: tell you what, every time that, that you leave him
0: one-on-one without a feel for the inside with Jake Majors, when Jake Majors has to go all opposite, it, he, gets beat, he, he seems to get beat. Uh, and I'm sure that Baylor is coming next week. Hey, and you know, Paul you know do, do, Hudson, real quick. I want to say he went out, he went out, and it looked like a knee injury yes. of some sort. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I, I could not tell. It kind of looked, it may have been hyperextended, Jerry, hmm. but I know they're gonna go and, and yeah, test that. Uh, if they haven't mm. already, uh, so best of luck. We wish uh, him nothing but the best. it. it, it of That's course, uh, just a real tough loss there. Um, um, all right, Mike Gosnell uh, with the yeah. Super Chat. So, celebrating the ugly win. Ugly win's a great description, isn't it? With a yingling lager. Uh, <laughs> fight by yingling. Let's be clear now. White uh, by the yingling actually has 95 calories and just 2.6 carbs. Uh, give it a try if you get a chance. What challenges does Baylor present this Texas defense and offense? Baylor not looking good this season.
2: Oh, by the way, somebody said Chris Ross looked to have a broken arm or elbow or you know, elbow injury. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what that or, or dislocated dislocated even. elbow. Yeah, yeah. In that we were, in that area code. Well, yeah. we were I mean, just,
0: what does Baylor do to this offense and defense? You've talked, you've chronicled what the what the amoeba fronts that you call them yeah. do to Texas and, and mess with their pass uh, protection. Yep. Yeah. Um what about the Baylor offense? What are they gonna do to the Texas defense?
1: Yeah, Well, they got it. They'll be doing it with a backup quarterback. So that's going to be interesting. Right. Uh, and like one
0: in a row, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I'm assuming they're going to want to establish a run game and run the ball. And they're looking at this film. Maybe they see some concepts uh, that they can try to use. Um, not sure about their quarterback. Is it Sawyer Robertson? It is. He's a Mississippi State transfer. Um, does he run a little bit? I'm not sure. I got to watch some film. I'm not nah, sure. He, he's he's more
2: like the the kid that played tonight at Mississippi uh, for Wyoming just with better arm talent.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, so I would assume they definitely want to accompany him in a running game. You don't want him just throwing the football all over the place, but uh offensively, I mean th- based on just what we've watched already, you know jerry just told you there's some things we know they're going to attack right they're going to attack the texas safeties in the passing game yeah uh they're going to use clustered sets of receivers bunch formations i can tell you that that's i'm throwing that out there right there too just from the bama game and the success they had with it and honestly i would take some elements of the wyoming game like jerry said in terms of pass protection move in the pocket Yeah. Uh, The waggle, like they did a great job in pass protection of being able to, I didn't say neutralize the 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 Texas pass rush, but they were able to frustrate the Texas pass rush. They didn't get to them as much as they wanted. Uh, I think it's a lot because the ball was out quick too. They didn't throw the football downfield, so I wonder if Baylor will, you know will settle in terms of the shots they're taking downfield. They'll settle more for the short to intermediate game just to hold the football. That's also another game plan. Listen, we just, I mean, that's part of the new formula now with the new rules, guys. You can choke the game out. Yes. You can choke it. We just watched Wyoming try to choke this game out against Texas. And if Texas didn't decide to wake the hell up in the fourth quarter, they would have been choking this game out down to the wire. You can do that now. you got to hold the ball, baby. Hold the ball. They did it.
0: Hey, you're talking about that. Listen to this. Yes. Buddy Pile, big chief guy. The 10-22 drive by Wyoming is Bro. concerning. That yeah. drive started from the four. That will cost us against teams like OU and Tech. OU and Tech won't do that, though. You're right. They won't try they, they, so fast. Tech may try. Good point. Uh, tech may try. Yeah. But OU definitely won't. At one point today, Dylan Gabriel was 24 of 27. Yeah. Uh, they trying
2: to score they you know what? You know yeah. what that drive was concerned. That you know what it was that drive was bad in this game though. The one area that Wyoming struggled against Texas today was the punning game. The guy was kicking it low deep or short high. Okay, mm-hmm. he was not effective punning the football, and Texas still has only came up came after one punt all year. If Texas had got to stop there. They would have had the ball inside the forty more than likely because that guy would have outkicked the coverage low, low, yeah. long, and Ward would have taken it back twenty yards, or he would have hit off the side of his foot to the forty. I mean, that was that was concerning to me because I mean, you, you come out there and you, you get a stop, whether it's a three play or a six play drive, um, you force a punt there, and you immediately flip the field because that's that true. that's where Wyoming struggled tonight was in the punt game.
1: That's a great point.
0: I uh, yeah, and they could have had a two for one possession uh, as well because they got the ball first in the second half. Hey, this one from Coachy Samuel. What do you guys think about the officiating tonight?
2: I'd have to go back on my side again.
0: I I got to be honest. The the pass interference call against. Oh uh, yeah, that
1: ball uh, was overthrown. And
0: And then the very next play, or the, the I think the second play, from there. They they don't reverse a call where they put the ball out at the 8-yard line instead of the Texas 12-yard line. Y'all remember that the quarterback scrambled? Oh, I got to go look at They reset that. the ball at the 8 instead of the, 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 the the quarterback clearly went out at the 12-yard line. Sark even had him come over and talk to him about it and they didn't re, reset the ball at the 12. It was I I didn't understand that. Um, But a couple of questionable calls, in my opinion, that's, that's all I've got.
1: The pass interference was, that was crazy. That was egregious because the ball was, it was uncatchable. Like I don't even know how they determined that was a catchable ball. Man, that was crazy. I
0: I agree with you. Uh, Hey guys, do Rod uh, Clifton Hines asking, do the coordinators control subs or position coaches? Great personnel rotation, aligning it with play call. How does it work? Clear. I I will say this Sark controls everything on offense.
1: Defense is a little bit different. What what do you think on defense? Yeah, my thoughts are that every coach is different from my experience, too. Sometimes some coaches at the position coaches do it, and other coaches, like you said, they're pretty much authoritarians about it. They control every aspect of it. So I'm not sure exactly who controls it for PK, whether it's PK or whether that's his position coaches. I'm not sure. They I would say they rotate. Don't we think defense rotates more guys than offense? Right. right? No question. No doubt. No doubt. I wonder if they let that be done on a more micro level um, and just let the, the position coaches do it. There's a lot of rotations on defense for PK to be, you know, rotating to put sending in the calls and the personnel groupings and the individuals who are going to be in there. I, I bet that's more position coaches. because There's a lot of guys moving in. Now we just talked about the safeties, safeties. You got five guys. Now you rotate corners. You got four guys. You're rotating that corner. You got, Hell, I don't know how many D-linemen. You probably got eight, nine D-linemen and so you're rotating. That's a lot of rotations. I, I would put money as probably the position coaches on defense.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Uh, all right, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm Bobby Burton joined by Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers of Inside Texas and on Texas football. Uh, guys, uh, sloppy win tonight for the Longhorns in DKR. Uh, Jerry, what did you think of the lights inside the stadium tonight? Uh, did y'all see that? Cool uh, Longhorn that came up with the, the drones. I mean, that was
2: absolutely unbelievable. Look, I, the crowd was great. The team ran out. It was just what we had talked about. There was a energy in that stadium that was awesome, just what this team needed. And then Wyoming just zapped it. <laughs> uh, zapped yep. it. I mean, uh, look, it, the, the, the crowd was ready. They were uh, an excited, celebratory mood. It was great. I mean, Bobby, your tickets, all the people around <laughs> you, people are fired up. I mean, uh, I was standing down there watching recruits. The show before the game was great. I mean, every sport was out there with their team. Hell, Sergio Garcia was there with his wife, who's a Texas fan, you know. And, I mean, you saw Rack. You saw TJ Ford, Miles Turner. I mean, everybody was out Um, uh, so I mean, the show was there and then this, this, the game got zapped, but uh, no, it was great. I mean, the presentation was awesome. Bevo Boulevard's better every year. Del Conte, uh, University of Texas, doing a great job with everything. Uh, it was just like we thought it was gonna be. We talked about, I mean, this this fan, these fans were ready, man. It was loud when these guys came out from under the tunnel. Um, and then it was more like eh, after that for a while, so uh, it was uh. <laughs> You know, I left. I left at halftime, like I said. But Rod, you didn't hear me when I came on the uh, the uh, watch with us. I said there were a lot of drunk people there, but I left. So I wasn't the first person to throw up in the stadium. I, like, I, want the <laughs> I didn't want to be the first. so I got out of there.
1: <laughs> oh, first, not the first, but won't be the last either. Hey, sure. look!
2: If you could zoom in on this, that's guys, awesome.
0: Oh wow! That's all those are drones. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. pretty badass. That is unbelievable. Uh, Nice work uh, by whoever creates that stuff. And that's just crazy to me. Uh, All right. Hey, let's talk a little bit more about this game uh, and what y'all think of it. Uh, My, my take on Jonathan Brooks is he looked pretty good tonight. Um, When he was given opportunities, he made the most of it, uh, made some good yardage. uh, You know, the big run kind of opened up the game, Right. So the, the pass to Xavier Worthy gave Texas the lead. And then Jonathan Brooks, I guess it was third and one run up the gut, gave Texas, put the ball inside the, the Wyoming 10, long run, kind of uh, iced the game there, or at least put it out of reach because you knew Texas wasn't going to – they you knew Wyoming wasn't going to score 10 against Texas unless Texas threw a pick or something like
1: that. Yeah, I think he's still – I mean, technically he's still competing for that spot. Yep. I mean, he didn't win the job. Cedric Baxter ended up starting the game uh, in the first two games of the season. I had to leave, didn't finish the games, had to leave the games early uh, because of injury, but he started those games. So if you're Jay Brooks, you're thinking, this, this in this situation, I may have the start because of circumstance, but I'm keeping this damn job. It's my job. I got to prove in this game that start next game, he needs to go, you know what? You earned the job. It's yours. You're in that game. You showed me enough. Now, did he show Sark enough? I, I don't know. To, to earn the job, that's on Sark. But I guarantee that's his mindset. I'm not giving this job up. I got it. I, doesn't matter how I got it. I got it. It's mine. I ain't giving it up. I'm going to show it. I'm going to show I'm the man to keep it. So I thought he did well in that role tonight. I'm going to do. I thought he was, you know, right. I think he's kind of the identity of the offense for the, for most of the game.
0: It was interesting. And we mentioned JT Sanders didn't get catch a pass today. Did a running back other than Keelan Robinson on that second drive catch a pass all night? Yeah, I think that was it. That's not good. Yeah. Got to get those guys more involved Yeah, uh, in other parts of the game. Uh, maybe good. that was not the priority. Uh, you look at this. The helm guy. Uh, yeah. Man. Keelan hell Robinson ball. just with one catch, none for uh, uh, Jonathan Brooks or Jaden Blue. Uh, yeah. Got to get those guys more involved. Uh, that is not a pretty stat line. No. A receiver group. Uh, that could do so much more. Not not when
2: when you add four drops into it. Yes.
0: But, however, I mean, let's be clear. Xavier Worthy made the play of the game, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Yes. That's why Sark loves him so much, right? Think about the big games and, you know, what he's done in some of those big games, whether it be Oklahoma his his first year. But we know how that ended. But, man, X-Men shows up in those big games. Alabama uh, in 2020, you know, last season. Alabama this year. He always makes those kind of tone-setting plays. And Sark loves those plays. This is sets the tone. And he's he makes those big plays, man, that really, you know, not only set the tone, but also bring energy and juice to the offense, confidence and swagger to the offense. That's what he wants. The truth is, Sark's a big game hunter. I always call him a big game hunter. He doesn't love small game. He don't want your your game birds and your quail and your dove—you can keep all that. He wants to be on the African plains hunting big game, which is big plays. He's sad he didn't bring yep. the crowd to their feet in the first three quarters. He's sad about it. It actually—it actually affects him as a play caller. He wants to bring the crowd to its feet and get everybody hyped and energized. That's actually part of his dynamic as a play caller. You could argue it works against him sometimes, sometimes. Uh, but that—that that is part of it. That is part yeah. of it. Hey,
2: to your point, he you ran a double reverse on third and one in the red zone.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That he did, (laughs) too. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. (laughs) It's okay, though. You know, it's all right.
0: (laughs) Hey, here's one from uh, Travis Cadell, Super Chat. Thank you, Travis. Help me out, fellas. What's up with Hayden Connor? When there's a flag and you don't see the penalty, you can guess it was Connor and win a lot of bets, especially pre-snap. He does tend to have some issues there, guys. What what that how, how do you even address that? It, it you know, I, I think that's the that's the question that a lot of people are asking right now.
1: It's a focus thing because Sark's offense, hell man, he's he's a lot of pre-snap movement shifts, motions, eye candy. That's a lot. I mean, hell, he's he's probably leading in the country. I I kind of if you look kind of the rate of pre-snap motion shifts, it's been like 55 percent easy. And some games, when it's a big game, it's upwards of 70-80 percent. Uh, that's that's part of the identity of the offense, the DNA of it. And really no excuse for it because it's something you practice constantly. You It's, not, it's not like something you implement for just one game or a matchup. It's part of the fabric of the offense.
2: Yeah. I agree. By the way, somebody asked uh, Somebody, There's some questions coming out. I'll drop. Nair has two years left of eligibility for those that ask that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, he did not get in the game tonight that I saw, guys. Did y'all see him? Nah, I, he may have. I, I didn't notice. Yeah.
1: Well, I think I think Sark thought the game was going to go differently. No, so <laughs> and I think that probably was a plan, but then uh, it did not. I, I expect to see Malik and Arch. That ain't happening. So
2: I, I I said it when I said it in the late in the third quarter, Rod, before you came on uh, the watch with us. I said. Wyoming, the game plan they were getting out of it, they probably said this is exactly how we wanted it to go, but figured they'd be down 24-7 at the time and not 10-7. Yep. I right. think they'd have been happy down 24-7 the game going was how it was going for them. <laughs> because they were like, okay, we're doing what we want to do. You know without PC, they didn't think they were going to come in and be 10-7 at the end of the third. No way. No chance when they no picked that field goal of tie day. Yeah, No chance. Yeah. They said, if we can come in and do this, and and only lose 31 ten, but it beat 24-7 after three quarters, they'd have been happy. I he mean, didn't look like a backup that's a great, quarterback.
0: That's a great point. I want to say this, he didn't look like a backup quarterback. And whether that's because uh the offense they run allows them to do that, or he's a JUCO guy and had a lot of experience, he didn't play like a backup quarterback, in my opinion. Got yes, it. he threw a pick six. Ooh. He, he did not get he did not get hurried feet in the pocket. He stood tall and delivered the ball. I, I didn't think he felt – I didn't think he he didn't go to the wrong receiver much. They, I mean, they dumbed it down for him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, he didn't feel like he was just there. You know, I, I yeah. think that's a, that's a good one. Hey, Jerry, you were there and you saw the recruits. Uh, Corey Baker's asking, what about the recruits? That wasn't a good showing. I, I tell you what, if they stayed to the fourth quarter, that place seemed like it was electric. I, I'll, I'll be honest. And recruits don't necessarily look at the games the same way fans do where these expectations are oversized yeah. at
2: times. You know, and Bobby knows this from doing this so long. There were some kids that looked at that maybe a wide receiver uh, prospect there saying, hmm, well, he dropped the pass. He dropped the pass. I would have made that play. Confident kids, right? Hey, Xavier Worthy got a lot of targets. I like that. You know, if you're Colin Simmons, you say, hey, man, my future teammates are good on defense, but they don't have me. <laughs> they don't have me. I would have chased that guy down from behind twice. Exactly. You know, no, I mean, no, that's no. just that, thats the way some of them look at it. Um, you know, for the recruits that weren't there, the game was on L- LHN, so nobody saw it, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they were on the watch truth. with us.
0: <laughs> Probably some truth to that, Jerry. Hey, uh, this uh, this uh, post game show on all Texas football is brought to you by Flight. Uh, the next generation of light beer by the folks at Yingling, uh, the uh, Yingling company, Uh, please consider a a brew from them. 2.6 carbs, just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Uh, It is one of those beers that uh, you can actually drink more than just one. If you so desire and won't feel uh, bloated, that sort of stuff. Hey hey guys, I got some other thoughts on this. Given our talk earlier about Jaron Thompson, and uh, Ryan Watts and the lack of speed. I found it interesting when Wyoming went pass heavy in the fourth qu- quarter and they knew they had to, you know who the two corners were on the field? Gavin Holmes and Manny Muhammad. They came in and were playing coverage instead of Terrence Brooks and Ryan Watts. Wow. Holmes is the fastest DB on the field. Uh, and and uh, Manny Muhammad more of a man cover guy. What do y'all think of that, Rod? I'm not. That's your position, baby.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not totally shocked by it. Just because I think there are ways to exploit Ryan Watson coverage. I've talked about this. Once you're done at the line of scrimmage, once you get that's that's his strength. Once you get past him at the line of scrimmage and you can, you know, get past the the press. All right, if you can get off the line of scrimmage, you're at you're at an advantage because his hips, he does not have you know fluid hips. Uh, like a corner would so i think you can get him and but like i said that's tough because a lot of scrimmage that's where he's at his best and i don't like his hand play sometimes he will lock his hips you go watch the first play where they get the first out route on him he locks his hips whenever you you punch whatever hand you punch with you're gonna lock that hip all right and if you're yeah. trying to keep outside leverage and you punch with that outside hand you're gonna lock that outside hip and then that wide receiver all it takes is a swim move or any type of put your arm there and then he's going to lock your hip and it's going to get around you. And then it, 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 you're, you're playing catch up from there. So sometimes he will lock that hip too, which I don't like about him. So I think there are ways that you can exploit him and courage, but I'm not this, I'm, I'm being, you know, ticky tacky here, right? I'm being nitpicky. These are good players we're talking about here. And I think on the, on the field side, uh, missing the field, is just a really, it's really tough to defend the field. A lot of, a lot of throws the quarterbacks can make on the field side, but I think if you're attacking Terrence Brooks, uh, in the field, they, you know, for, for me, I think the field is just like, it's a tougher defense there. They were attacking actually a safety in the slot to the field. It was for Jaron Thompson, actually Yeah. And go look at Jaron Thompson, ended up on a lot of those, uh, those deep out cuts they were throwing. I think exactly. two of those were Jaron Thompson and he jumped, but he jumped one and give him credit. He, fi- he figured it out. They yeah. keep attacking. He figured it out. It just took him a while. He figured it out, but they, I think they saw they were attacking to kind of slot on the field side and then they were attacking Ryan White. So yeah, they there. were
2: te- they were testing an ability to close space between yep. hash and boundary, pretty much. And that's what that's where teams will target. But Jaron Thompson, an experienced player, uh, he came back and came back yeah. and made a play late. Hey, one of the things we need to hit on, guys, is look, Texas lost two key rotational players tonight. It looks like for an extended period of time, Cole Hudson, who played more snaps than DJ Campbell against Bama. And then Chris Ross, who as the season moves along, has gotten more action and more action because, you know, he is a quick first, second step guy in pass mm-hmm. rush show. Um, now we're going to see this depth that Sark's had uh, recruited. Um, we're going to have to start seeing some of these guys play. They're going to get opportunities now because that was two key, key depth pieces that look like they're out for a while, if not the season, guys. We'll see, uh, you know, next few weeks if, if either one come back this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't have the final results yet of uh, what happened to Cole Hudson. It looked like he either hyperextended his knee or got a tear. He yeah. definitely was pointing at the bottom of his kneecap to the side. That's not a good thing. That's yeah. not a hyperextended knee. I'll just put it that way. That's behind. You feel you feel it behind you more than you do in front. As far as Chris Ross, it did look like either a separated shoulder, broke arm, broke elbow. Uh, I'm waiting. We're waiting to hear. And see what we do here uh, from the Longhorn uh, staff on those injuries, Uh, Jerry. uh, You know, one of the things we talked about uh, was this offensive line being more physical. They were physical in the fourth quarter, yeah, and and a couple of times on that on that long drive in the second quarter, they were physical. But the inability for Texas to get the passing game going really seemed to to put the whole offense in a funk. Uh, Quinn Ewers missing a wide open. Xavier Worthy in the second quarter, that that was just a a huge miss because it looked like it was going to be an explosive to Xavier Worthy at that point in time. Uh, your your thoughts on on where Sark, uh, you know, is it they came out and pretty they were physical against Alabama, but they started throwing to set up the run. Yeah, it didn't work because they weren't completing the passes
2: early. Against uh, against uh, uh, Wyoming, like they did against Alabama. By the way, Ryan Nelson, I've had none tonight. If you just he's (laughs) no look. I mean, pre-snap penalties, not not running the ball early. Just I mean, pass, pass, pass. Start the game right. Mm -hmm. Um, Pre-snap penalties, poor accuracy on some throws, drop passes. I just I look at it all and say it was just bad. There was no flow. No, I mean, and, and you can say, okay, Texas should have come out and ran the ball out, out of the gates, which I personally think they should have. Um, Because why are you recruiting these large humans? I, I just, I just don't agree with it. I'll be honest. And but it, the whole thing was just choppy. You know, whether people want to say quarterback, whether you want to say drops, whether you want to say didn't come out and run the ball, pre-snap penalties. It was a choppy, ugly first
1: half of football. This is, this no, is matter which,
2: when, no matter which direction you want to point to. None of it was good.
1: No, I, I agree with Jerry because this is you know something I I got I brought up after the Bama game. You know, keep in mind how much time they put in in that Bama game, right? How much preparation, how much game planning. You know, we can we can hypothesize. We don't know, but we we assume it was months of off season planning and preparation, and we assume that hell even on some of that Rice Week was you know Bama material some way somehow. And I think it looks like that Rice Week they were somewhat, you know, distracted, maybe about Bama. And it looks like this week they were somewhat distracted about Bama. So this is why I said go back to it. football is a week to week sport, man. Yeah. You only got so much time Great to prep for all these teams and prepare for them. So there are, you know, these these are the situations we're looking at that if we're looking at week to week improvement, did the team get weak, did they get better from week two to week three? Did they? I I, I mean, that's a that's a conversation we can have. I'm not sure they did. That's what Sark said he wanted the team to improve week to week, and that is the challenge, because right now there are a lot of teams in the Big Twelve that look bad
2: <laughs> early awful, on. Awful. Yeah,
1: you know, the most of them look bad early on. Kansas is struggling
2: with Nevada right now.
1: Kansas State lost to Missouri. USC Missouri might be Nevada
2: sixty six something. I mean, exactly. Here's the here's the right. great thing for Sark though. You know, I, I've been I've, I've been negative, but I'll also be positive. Um, <laughs> Jerry. both weeks he's gone on the road this year it's been after an underwhelming home performance great week to coach it's a great week to coach I don't necessarily think they have planned it this way but the way it's working out is hey you don't have to worry about getting your players attention again before Baylor amen first road game of the big 12 now then when you come back against Kansas it's gonna be the best home opponent you played <laughs> so you can't look like heck again you know but the way this has kind of worked out for Sark and those guys, is, okay, this wasn't what we dialed up. This wasn't what we were talking about. This mm-hmm. is not a good three quarters of football for us. Uh, even though you gave up the long run after that, you played pretty well. Look, their starting quarterback was out. We pro- Who knows what would have happened, guys? This is the way you coach them up, right, Rod? Yep, no doubt. We have to clean this up because now we're going to play the Big
1: 12 opener. Oh, man. Yeah, you get one new. remember. Sarge said after that Rice game, it was a physical week of practice. <laughs> yeah. And, and while Baylor may not be good, I think all
2: three of us sitting here and all hundreds of people on this uh, in the comments section watching this think Baylor will probably play their best game against Texas next week of the season. It's just going to happen.
1: I agree with that. And they had a hell of a game plan last year, guys. I'll tell you that. I'll break it down later on this week. They had a hell of a game plan. <laughs>
2: hey, this is a
0: funny one. Uh, Daniel Moore, can y'all explain the highs and lows of Ewer's game and how that relates uh, to Sark's game planning? Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, look, I I wrote on Inside Texas today, Texas needed consistency. They didn't get it from Quinn Ewer's tonight. They didn't get it from the Texas offense. They did get it from the Texas defense. I mean, you, you felt like the Texas defense was reliable, right? Even if they weren't perfect. Yeah. They were very reliable. You didn't know each series what you were going to get from the Texas
2: offense. Yeah, No. But, no. well, I mean, one series, maybe Quinn, the first throw to Worthy could have been a big play. Pre-snap penalty. Drop passes. Texas was behind the chains more. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think the one thing with Sark's, Sark's offense is he loves the pro-style guys. And there's not quarterback run game to fall back on, really. So those guys have to be accurate, and they're asked to be accurate at all three levels of the passing game, right? All the time. And so that puts a lot of pressure on not only play calling, but accuracy throws and receivers to catch the football. Because a lot can throw off that timing. You don't have to fall back on. Quarterback can just take off on third and six and go get you eleven.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one for you guys. We talked about this earlier. Shane Jackson is Texas is 24 and 1 all time on LHN. We should play all of our games, even if nobody can watch
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just got to say, it's, it's not fun to play in, in the Southland Conference. Okay. So, <laughs> 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 hey, we could be, di- it could be different for Texas
0: fans. This is a game that other Texas teams didn't put people – I remember a Tulsa game. Texas beat Tulsa, and it was a close game throughout, right? And Tulsa came back and made a game of it. Texas at least did put Wyoming away at the end. Yeah, Agreed. They yeah. they did. I mean, so yeah. it was a 21-point win. It wasn't a 30-point win like the Vegas line uh, said it would be, or 28-and-a-half. It might have been if Jaden Blue doesn't fumble, by the way.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely because
0: i mean so it could have been you know it's funny how the ball bounces sometimes we're sitting here bemo- bemoaning a a 21 point win where the longhorns outscore their opponents by 21 in the third qu- or in the fourth quarter yep that's to, to your point rod that's improvement no doubt year over year not necessarily game to
1: game like you were talking about yeah we're this these are first world problems we're talking about here so this is great like we're, we're talking about. You know, we can do this. This is great. Yeah. We, we we will complain about this stuff all the time. Just complain about, you know, like I said, get you oh, uh, I got the wrong ice cream in the fridge, that kind of stuff, man. This is great. And, but I, but, but I will say this I'll give Sark credit, give him a ton of credit for this guys in the off season. This was one of his projects. Fourth quarter. He focused on it. And what, what do you always say? You get what you emphasize. So, even he talked about his play calling. He 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 wanted. he talked about that last game. Like he wanted to be more, he was more aggressive in this play calling in the fourth quarter versus Alabama. I have to go back and track and see if that tracked in this game, or you know, maybe it was something else that broke through. But he also talked about situationally, you know, th- with the players, he wanted them to focus more on the fourth quarter and them not peaking too early in the games, right? And the in, in playing more guys. We talked about the rotational players. Part of that is Sark said he wanted fresher bodies in the fourth quarter. He wanted guys being worn out in the fourth quarter. So there was a lot that Sark put into the fourth quarter and, hey, man, how can we be better in the fourth quarter? How do we improve? How can we dominate the fourth quarters? And I'll give him credit, didn't happen in the Rice game. Last two games, though, they've dominated the fourth quarter. The man has got what he emphasized. Now we got to kind of work backwards and then try to, you know, make sure we're dominating the rest of the quarters. But – like I said, TCU last year, guys, they were just a fourth quarter team. They might be the best fourth quarter team in the country last year. Got them to the national title. I'll take a lot.
2: They heard a lot of quarterbacks in the third quarter and played well in the fourth quarter. That and they made plays. <laughs>
1: I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it, man. Exactly. I'll take it. We can exactly. do that this year. I'll take it. There you go.
2: Oh, hmm. let me read this. Steve hey. Kirk
0: Sarkeesian says Chris Ross has an elbow injury hmm. and Cole Hudson has a knee injury. Both will get MRIs tomorrow. I'm hopeful they're not long-term injuries, Sark says. We'll know more in the morning, but I'm hopeful it's a couple of three weeks for each guy, but we'll see how that goes. Hmm. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that that Sark says that unless he thinks it may not actually be something. It may be more of an MCL uh, with uh, Cole Hudson. And he played, he's a tough dude now. He played through a shoulder injury all year last year uh, and got solar surgery in the off season. So uh, that's going to be interesting one. Hey, look, you, you just said the perfect analogy, in my opinion, we got the wrong kind of ice cream in the fridge. Those those are first world problems, right? (laughs) Right. That's, that's where where you're talking about. Y'all see
2: this. Oh yeah. Check out Oklahoma state school. I, I've been saying this. Of course, the year Texas doesn't get Oklahoma State is Gundy's worst team by far. <laughs> yeah. By far, that is that is the luck of the
0: Longhorns. They lost to South Alabama tonight, Rod. Ooh, Matt, and, what was the score?
2: Twenty-three. No, to no, no, Major Appel was running it up late. Thirty-three-seven. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow! 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 I, I, by the way, majors, there,
0: majors the offensive coordinator at, at uh, yeah. South Alabama. By the way, that,
2: South Alabama's quarterback's a really good player. I watched a little bit of the, their game against Tulane, and they hung right in there with Tulane. I mean, Tulane's quarterback that got hurt—they're playing against Ole Misses. He's going to play in the NFL now. Uh, but that South Alabama's got a little juice now. They won nine or ten games last year. I think they won nine going in the bowl game. They lost to Troy, but uh, they got they got a sneaky sneaky talented team down there offensively
1: was mike gundy still playing all three quarterbacks i don't know the first two games he is rotating three quarterbacks and yeah, I, I think
2: he's i think he's got a problem there and you know a lot of others yeah, yeah. i don't know tonight though mm-hmm. um but, but like the te- with the texas fans i think the issue tonight with this game guys is and i know you know if you're sitting there watching the game or you and i watch with us which i mean that over 80,000 views. Thank you to all of the, the fans, the haters and the Texas fans for that one. <laughs> um, when you look at it, you say 155 yards midway through the third, 100. And then you go back, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure if some people do what I do, you go back and say, well, Portland State had 340 yards. Blah, blah, blah. Texas Tech had 430 yards in Laramie. Well, this is terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that's like the reaction, right? 155 yards, like with a few minutes to go in a third quarter against this team. I mean, like, I know they got a lot of experience, but I know, you know I was looking at that saying, Oof, that's a bad look now. Home,
0: huh? I agree. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm Bobby Burton. I'm joined by Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers of On Texas Football. This is the postgame show uh, brought to you by the folks at Flight, the next generation of light beer uh, by the Yingling Company. Uh, it is low carb and low calorie, uh, just what you need uh, so you don't feel like you don't feel too full uh, in the evening after a good a good day's work. Hey, guys, a, a couple other things I want to get to, and, and this one is really uh, something that that kind of has gotten to me uh, here This is from Rick Amber They gave up a 10 minute drive in a 52 yard or 62 yard TD run right off the bat. It's hard to get in an offensive flow when the other team could, uh, keeps possession of the ball. I agree with them. It is hard to get in an offensive flow. And this is what the problem was in 2021 when those teams had those long drives against Texas in the second half, right? It kept the offense off the field, didn't allow your quarterback, uh, you know, to get a really into a rhythm simultaneously, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, Texas has improved on defense, but when those teams kind of, to Rod's point, choke you out a little bit from a time frame, uh yeah. p- perspective, you really, it almost like it puts more emphasis on each possession for you yep. and doubles down the pressure on a quarterback like Quinn Ewer's, who was, as we've mentioned, a little inconsistent today?
1: Yep, and the third downs by Texas, or the you know the inefficiency on third downs, comes back comes back to haunt you. You want to put together a sustained drive, almost the chicken or the egg thing, right? And you could actually convert some of those third downs. I know Texas converted some fourth downs, but convert some of those early third downs, then so you can put together a longer sustained drive, get some rhythm. But when the team can stop you, stop you on third downs, what they start like. Over five or something like that on third down, something early on. When you start over seven, exactly. When you start like that, then it's hard. So it's your fault. Also, you're not developing some consistency because you're not converting those third downs. And on top of that, they're hogging the ball, choking the life out of the the clock. And yeah, it it was a great. I mean, going back to Jerry said it was a really good game plan and worked for those first three quarters. Uh, I think for Texas, their big thing is they got to go back to the money downs. You got to be better on money downs in conference play, guys. That's something that's hunted them last season, and they really haven't fixed it this season. They've just found ways to thrive, you know, in spite of it.
0: Texas does not want to be in third and long. In they went third
1: and long versus Rice. I know,
0: you know that that's what I'm saying. They that clearly is Quinn Ewers. That's an issue. Yeah. I mean, I just got they 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 get susceptible. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's pass protection. I don't know if Quinn Ewers is just not going through his progressions, but he, it feels like to me he's hurrying some throws when he still has time in the pocket. And I'll give you an example: J. T. Sanders over the middle today uh, in the in the third. I think it was the third, second, or third quarter. I can't remember now. It's a decently thrown ball. The linebacker had glue coverage on him. Probably should mm-hmm. have been interference. By uh, the way, probably, probably could have been. But here's yeah. the real here's the reality of that years didn't have to throw that ball jT Sanders wasn't really open there was no pressure no and you know th- uh, that kind of stuff on third down is going to get you can get it can get you beat I, and I, that's just the reality of it you have to be willing to hold the ball a little bit to let some d- routes develop and not try to make the spectacular play or have somebody have to make the spectacular play on key downs Hey, Rod, this is for you, even though it mentions Jerry Hamilton's name and the, the title. Uh,
2: Jerry Hamilton's. <laughs> I love them. They're my favorite. I've, I've got them on. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought Big they 12? were going to be stained in the first half, though. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Which Big 12 teams run a three-high defensive scheme or can?
1: Oh,
2: well, everybody would against Texas.
1: Yeah, that's exactly like everybody. No, that, no, no. Actually, I know Jerry's joking, but that's right now what you're dealing with because the blueprint is out, right? There's a blueprint that, Hey man, this works really well against Texas. Now the teams that major in it, Iowa state majors in it, they popularized it. TCU majors in it. It's something they do really well. Uh Oklahoma state used to, I'm not sure going forward back when they had nose there, um, and then I, even when Mason was there, I'm not I'm not sure this year how much they're doing. I go back and have to watch Oklahoma State and see how much of it if they're doing. Uh Brent Venables, the Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they were running Brent Venables. You know he's
2: gonna run it against. Yes, Brent, Brent Venables.
1: He was running it there at Clemson, so he definitely yeah. will uh run it. So, but I, I honestly, I agree with Jerry. I think at this point, like I said, I saw Rice get a sack running a snap of it. Okay. Like, but Wyoming runs it. Wyoming, that was, and Jerry brought that. That's something that they do. They do minor and major in it. But I think some teams are just going to break it out situationally. I would run it on third and long versus Texas. Third and anything, third and five and longer. I would run the three high versus Texas if I was their opponent. Yeah.
0: He's making the decisions too quick. That I thought Quinn's best pass and best decision of the night, outside of keeping it on the zone read, by the way. Uh, I didn't know Quinn had that kind of athleticism in him uh, to score on that touchdown, but the best read of the night, Rod and Jerry, I thought was the dump down to Gunner Helm. Uh, hey, Rod, nice.
2: let me ask, Rod, let me ask you something. The late release. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? He he yep. held
0: it. He, yep. he felt
2: that he didn't have to get rid of it. Yep. Is is the great equalizer the three high
1: safety and mobile quarterback? Uh, that might be the great equalizer of anything. Right. right. That's like I honestly, I think that I think that the mobile quarterback is pretty much the it 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 breaks the rules of defense and threatens yes. the structural integrity of a defense more than any other concept or any other skill set. Uh, but I think schematically, I think you gotta, and by the way, K-State runs it too. I should have mentioned that K-State, they major in minor. I think you gotta I think you gotta get extreme with the three high, right? Because the three high is all about distorting your pre-snap read it for the quarterback, that's why it—that's it, why it's very—it matches up really well with the RPO offense. With Sark runs a lot of RPOs because it distorts the pre snap read. All the quarterback is doing during the RPO is counting the numbers in the box. Do you have the advantage or don't you? If you do have the numbers advantage in the box, you hand it off. If not, boom—you hit an attack, and you don't really know. Sometimes with the RPO against the three high, they're moving, they're malleable. They got all these pieces moving and shifting, rotating. And by the way, every quarterback. Since they are in middle school, they're brought up and programmed to know exactly how a two-high and a single-high defense looks, and how that progresses no. into a certain coverage. They are not teaching that three-high yet no. to those no. youth quarterbacks. They're no. not. So not he's around. getting his first uh, reps of it right here in Big Twelve playing live action. That's also it's new. It's new to pretty much every. It's, it's probably seven, eight years old. As a concept, it ain't that old. So you got you got single high beaters, you got uh you got two deep beaters, we got cover one beaters, man beaters, we got cover two beaters, cover three beaters, cover four beaters. We got beaters that are built in through decades of football theory, but not a lot of them for the three high because they don't know how it's it, how it's malleable and how it's going to evolve into a coverage just yet. It will happen, and it's happening now. I think Sark has a formula which I'll get into to beat it. Um, and he got into he had to reveal some of it actually versus Wyoming. And I think it upset him. I don't think he wanted to reveal some of that, guys, but he had to. He had to.
0: Got it. Hey, I've I got this from uh, somebody who was uh, thankful enough to uh, post this in the chat. Uh, I want to read this to you, Rod and Jerry. Um, Steve Sark said, This is now two out of three weeks where we have gotten a different defense than they have put on tape. That's a sign of a really good team that people are going to such lengths to play a style of defense that w- they wouldn't play against anything or anyone else. Rod, that's good. Th- that's that's yeah. almost exactly what you are talking. The formula yeah. is out there. Let's give this a roll tonight.
1: Yeah, because uh, exactly, they're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta somehow find a way to make this our our defensive identity and philosophy compatible with this blueprint that's out there on how to stop Texas. And we got to put it together. And uh, hell, Rice and you could argue that Rice in Wyoming did a better job than Saban did at
0: it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's the, irony of the whole
1: thing.
0: <laughs> absolutely, but you know they were they the, were,
1: the, they, were it. they were
0: forced into that. Yeah, right. They were forced into that role. Great point. I, I think I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I love
1: that. That's a great. I love that line. I got to go check that out. That's good.
0: Yeah, no no doubt um hey a couple of questions talking about uh, the uh, Longhorns 31 to 10 victory over uh the uh Wyoming Cowboys probably a little too close to call for uh to call uh for a lot of Longhorn fans tonight uh but uh, a couple of big plays uh, starting with the uh, Xavier worthy touchdown catch and run really it was a tremendous run I mean he just his acceleration is I mean I those poor guys didn't stand a chance. And when he made that move on the second safety rod, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I just laughed because I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, I went up against a, I played back there when I was in youth league, and I went up against a guy that ran faster than me, and I almost just fell down on the ground. <laughs> and I was just, was that kind of player, I'm like, yeah, I've got no chance. I can pretend like I'm going to do something, but I'm not going to really do anything about this. Uh, he did that. And then, and then this the. The, the pick by Jaron Thompson came back again. Second time that Jaron Thompson has undercut a route in consecutive weeks. Yep. This time he took it to the house, got close last week against Alabama. So it's also the second time where he hasn't looked good earlier in the game and came back and made a play in the fourth quarter.
1: Hey, find a way to wow me in the end. It's like a bad movie, right? I'll sit through a bad movie, <laughs> but find a way to make it a good ending. All right, that's what Jaron Thompson had. It was a bad movie, and somehow the damn ending of that bad movie was pretty good. I was like, "That ending was pretty good." That was Jaron Thompson's game versus Wyoming.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, did y'all see? I, good question here, Ethan Burke. He had a relatively quiet night. Uh, run-focused uh, Wyoming team. He got substituted for heavily with Justice Finkley. Uh, with Chris Ross, with uh Baron Sorrell, obviously. They use a lot of three-down linemen where mm-hmm. Alfred Collins kicked out some and they kept Baron Sorrell on the field. Uh anything on Ethan Burke or any of the other defensive linemen you want to talk about? Jerry, you look like you have I, something you I, want to
2: say. Well, yeah, Wyoming is gonna run too tight, right? A lot of too tight, right? So they take away that wide angle, Ethan Burke, two off two feet pass rush. They were gonna they were gonna move the pocket. They were going to slant in the run game. They do a lot of things to negate his strength right now as a player. And as you see Burt get stronger a year from now, he'll have more of an impact in a game like this. But th- that is, uh, they negated w- where his strength is right now for me, Rod. Good point. I agree with that. I, I didn't I think mean, that. We knew going in, Wyoming's going to run two and three tight ends at yep. times in this game.
1: Yep. You're right about that. I agree. That's good point. And they moved the pocket a little bit too. They moved the
2: pocket. They ran a lot of some wa- waggle stuff. They mm-hmm. they they slanted in the run game. They did a lot of things to attack where Ethan Burke was having success against other teams. Yeah. Not attacking him necessarily, it's just the way they played. Agreed. Hey, Rice is now two and one, by the way. I just saw that note on
0: Rice. They beat Texas Southern 59 to 7. Uh TCU uh has I, guys, I think this may be Dana Holgerson's last year in Houston. Maybe his last game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, ooh, like
2: that? I don't
0: know if they're, they're going to go ooh. that early. You don't think they'll
2: go that early, do you?
1: Tell uh,
0: I
2: mean, He's it just He lo- just lost their rice and got blown out by TCU. Yeah, I blown will say out. this.
1: I, it's 13
2: huh? You know why
1: that is, buddy. six thirteen 13 at home. Yeah, at in, home. in Houston, you can't have West U beating up on uh, third Ward like that. That ain't good. <laughs> so, Jerry might love it
2: Yeah. Especially when you're bad on offense. Yeah. That's and that's one. his calling card. That's his calling card.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jack Norman has has one that I, I really think of. All the things that came out tonight 100%. on offense, other than the playmaking of Xavier Worthy, and, and maybe Jonathan Brooks being a little bit better than most people believe. Uh, Savion Red wildcat looks promising hope we see more from this package i think jerry and rod would they're nodding their heads i think they all we all agree that texas has a little something now that opponents are going to have to they, they've got it on film opponents mm-hmm. are going to have to prep for that every week right Rod?
2: Well, well, let's also and say and this about Savion red coming out of the spring he was our okay position change excel this guy's a natural instinctive running back On the red cat, which Rod calls it, the first time they ran it, you saw the vision. You saw him. Cuts out, cuts back, just kind of weaves his way through it for about six yards and then finishes with pad power, right, falling forward. He's a natural running back between the tackles. He's not going to go outside and accelerate by people, but freaking running a football in between the tackles, he's as natural as anybody Texas has. Then he got a little bit in the doghouse, right? He's earning his way back, doing a good job playing the uh, Alabama third-string quarterback, Milrow, last week in practice. Um, but I want to see if Cedric in the future, if Baxter Baxter's not healthy. We don't know. what He's going to be healthy. But nothing against Jaden Blue. We've always said this, and I watched Jaden Blue in high school multiple times. He's not a between-the-tackles runner. He didn't break – He didn't break tackles in high school. You're not going to break tackles in Power 5 football if you're not breaking tackles between the tackles in 5A or 6A football in Houston, Texas. It's not going to happen. He's a space player. Savion Red needs those carries. If he'll do his job, he's coming back. He's getting in the good graces. Again, he's the other between-the-tackles runner. If we're going to maximize this run game, you got three backs that can do it, and it's Brooks, it's Baxter, and it's Red.
1: Okay, can I add to that? Because now you got me excited about how good Savion Red is. You saw the vision, right, Rob? Yeah, I did. I agree. With you. I think mean, mean, you hit the nail on the head. I love all of that. I'm just going to add to it. I'll add that it could be more of a threat. If you can install a package with Savion Red that you run out of empty formation, Yeah. think about it, guys. 11 personnel with Savion Red as your running back in the backfield. You got JT Sanders. X-Men, A.D. Mitchell, J. Witt, and you can go empty formation, and there's there's a matchup somewhere. There's no way. There's there's no defense in the country really that can match up across the board with you. There will be one of those wide receivers or receivers, because Xavier and Red can be both, that will have a matchup advantage. We just don't know with who. And yeah. you can always read. If they, if they want to go with a, a sub-pack, say they want to go dime and they're expecting it, you can reload, which is put the running back back into the backfield out of empty, and just have Savion Red, who Jerry just told you, is a power back. He can run in between tackles, and you can play bully ball out of spread sets with Savion Red. Oh, I'm telling you, if Sark don't do it, I'm going to be highly upset by the end of the season, highly upset, because that could work. That could work. Hey, hey. hey by the way, Brooks runs hard.
2: Cedric Baxter runs hard. Savion Red runs pissed off, angry, angry. <laughs> he ran over their mic backer now, and that guy's a good player. Yeah.
0: Hey, here's one, guys, uh, from SportsCast773. Texas can really be a 40 plus game team scoring if they can score first. I'm not so sure he's wrong. I, I think that if Texas gets going early, it gives Quinn confidence. The other team has to play a little bit from behind, which means they can't just sit on the clock. You think that has something to do with it? If Texas gets going early, like Sark used to get, the Texas's offense has not been great out of the gate of the last three weeks. I mean, it was good against Alabama, but it was not great, and that's usually Sark's script has been pretty dominant uh, in games late or in in games early that hasn't really followed through this year Rod. no
1: no i i like it i like it bobby i think it's better listen we were kept talking about how the script this is like going back to the the movie analogy it was a it was a good start to the movie and then the ending would suck and you'd be like man what (laughs) the hell did the why the writing get so lazy at the end of this movie what come on man like that all these plot holes at the end of the movie is like did they think this thing through uh but now it's like, oh, it had a lackluster start to the movie. How many times have you said, man, it started kind of slow, but damn, that was a great ending to the movie. It just, it was great. The great build up, the, the, the crescendo. And then it really surprised me. It blew my mind at the end. That's Texas now. It is the slow start, but then the great ending. You can win Best Picture awards like that. <laughs> you can't win a Best Picture award with a great start and a terrible ending. Nobody wins Best Picture for that. So, hey, I'll take this Sark every day, man. I'll take this Sark. This Sark is better off script, all right? I like it. When he's adjusting, I'll take it. I'm not – no, no. I, we've been asking for Sark to be a better second-half, fourth-quarter adjustment guy. We can't have both, apparently. We can't have both. We can't have Sark with the great script and be the great fourth-quarter guy. So, you know what? I'll take the fourth quarter. To hell with the script.
0: <laughs> hey, this was from Caleb Ward. Rob, were you surprised we didn't see more bunch formations from Wyoming? Tonight, given Texas' problems defending players, plays out of the bunch. They tried it on the the rub route slash pick play uh, <laughs> that uh, the, the negated the touchdown pass first call. I'm yeah.
2: to follow. Up. I want to hit Rod with this first, though. This goes into a guy that's a really good football coach. He knows mm-hmm. what he does well. They're drilled into what they do well, and he did, he stayed in his lane, and he gave his team a chance. I don't think he's got the guys to run that. He's got a bunch of tight ends and they do a good job and he's, and they protect an offensive line that is experienced and tough, but not necessarily athletic on the edges.
1: Yep. That's I I, I agree with Jerry. It's not like they got a ton of great skill talent at Wyoming, right? Uh, They got a, they got a bunch of good utility players. And I think that's what they want to use. So BAM is different. Bama has a different level of skill talent. You're going to see those bunch formations, I assure you. Uh, hell, you're probably going to see them next week versus Baylor. <laughs> All right, yeah. I assure you, you're going to see them. Wyoming, I agree with uh, Jerry. When you start as a coach, start trying to see what – uh, blueprints that work against your opponent. What are what's compatible with your identity, your game plan, your philosophy? Some things you decide, you know what, that's not gonna work for us. Like empty formation worked pretty well for sex. They didn't break a lot of that out. Like there are certain things that just not compatible with that offense, but you will see them. I assure yeah. you, you will see them. And Bobby's Bo- Bobby's favorite offense, Kansas, is gonna come run them all. Oh, dude, Kansas, <laughs> the second best offense, in my opinion, in the Big 12. I- Yep. I, I'm not saying statistically that's the case. I'm just talking about schematically, conceptually. When you when you when you're, when you're just having to prepare for, them. yeah. Yes, it sounds like all the stuff, all the the challenges they present to you. It is hell, man. It's I mean, look. For that here's offense. the thing about Kansas.
2: Jalen Daniels is not the athlete Jalen Milrow is, but Jalen Milrow, if you lose, contains just going to go look like a deer running down the sidelines. Yeah. What makes Jalen Daniels so good? is he's like a running back with his vision and patience playing quarterback. He's a harder guy to prepare for because he's almost – you have to be so disciplined in your lanes against him, he'll just cut back on you like a running back. does. He sees it like a running back.
0: Totally agree. Uh, Hey, Mark Goodwin has a question here. I actually comment uh, as much as anything. Maybe already covered, but on the long TD run by Wyoming, it looked like that was Ant Hill's gap. Yes, it was. He flowed too far inside. He actually – they double. He basically doubled up on a gap. Didn't see Hill after that on non-passing downs until third quarter. That is correct. Also, I think they just didn't want to be gashed, and they went with Benda the rest of the way while the game was still in doubt.
1: Because it's safer.
0: I, I, yes, it was absolutely safe. They and you know what? They were proven correct. Yep. Um, yeah. That 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 was now to, for to Anthony Hill's point though. He was he also didn't overrun it. When he came back in, right, and so I, I want to say this: he learned. So some a guys, yes, yeah, some guys will will take that coaching and it, it'll go in one ear and out the other. It appeared that take that Anthony Hill said, "Okay, I I I messed that up. I'm going to try to correct it." So he I thought he a, actually did a good job. He
1: did the same thing in the Bama game. Remember, he had that play where he's coming off the edge and he overruns it. And, yep. he le- yeah, he leaves that alley for Jalen Mirro and came back in the game, and then he squeezes that edge next time. So, yeah, you can tell. It's a prodigy. That's what a prodigy does. Hey, look, yeah.
2: it- it's like Rod-, Rod knows this from playing. We t- Bobby, we know this from watching guys. You can drill it and practice as many times as you want as a coach. But mm-hmm. you still got to go fail in the game and be a quick study and then go get it right.
1: Yeah, it's like your parents always warn you about the stupid decisions you're about to make, and you still have to go out there and make them yourself, that's right. that's be an idiot, right. and then learn and go, yeah, mom and dad were right. Damn it. And, 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 and is that, <laughs> hey, that's the difference, right?
2: Great players, they come right back in, in their quick studies. Mm-hmm. The guys who keep making the same false steps for four straight years, they have an issue.
1: <laughs> I mean, exactly. Let's there you go. No doubt.
2: Um,
0: all right. Uh, speaking with Jerry Hamilton, uh, Rod Babers. I agree Mountain with East Eight. I football. hate the new rule. I hate it. It it, it is. Uh, it's interesting. Why is it that it's sucking the life out of a college game, but not? It doesn't seem
2: to do that in the pros.
1: I mean, that's a nuanced discussion. That's a nuanced discussion. It is.
2: I I, I just I quite I I go back to this. The college basketball went from a 35 to 30-second shot clock. They didn't go 24 like the NBA. I mean, I don't like this rule. There's a difference between college players and professional players. There's a difference in time you can prep, Rod always says, right, versus the pros. There's no limitations on what you can do. At the highest level, there is limitation. It just doesn't make sense. I know it's all about money. But the rule change just doesn't make sense to me. I, mean, I actually don't think it's about money. I, I think it's about
0: them wanting to, to shorten games because I, I they, they think the players are playing. They think the coaches do think and, and have thought that the players were playing too many plays. When you go up to Lubbock, you play 100 plays in a game. They
1: think that's too many plays. And the broadcast network's. I you know I just done a lot of research on it. They've been trying to convince, and by the way, the leagues are in, they are in on this too. Uh, convince these leagues to shorten all the sports, all the sports, all the major sports have baseball. They've all gone through this. They are transition they're right. where they're trying to shorten their games because all the data says that the next generation, they don't watch sports like we watch sports. 100% wrong. They don't want, you know, they're not going to watch an entire game. They don't want to watch a three, four hour game from start to finish. They like watching highlights and they want shorter games. That's what else they don't want to watch. So I think that's why it's more about the next generation. When we all die, right? they want to make it more palatable for that group. And that group, they want shorter games, period. They just do. Yeah, they I don't I appreciate I sports like we did.
2: I haven't seen the stats, but have they added
1: commercials? That's a good – somebody's doing the research right now. I can find They have per play. Can, and I, and I like to see I'll them. say this. They've yeah. added
0: the number of commercials per play run on a football game, but I think the number of commercials are still the same. Yeah. Like the number total number of over, overall commercials unless you run an extra 30 minutes.
2: Yeah. Good point. I mean, I I think that's. I think I think the interesting thing. It's a great. It's a. It's probably. It's we probably shouldn't be talking about it here. Maybe we all have a show about this after the season. But here's the thing. I've always said, you know, concussions injuries are going to keep getting worse and worse in football, because and Nick Saban said this years ago, and he was just crushed for it because we're playing so many plays, right? It, I like. I, I once looked at one of a box scores from a, da, a game my dad coached, and it was like combined was like 98 plays, right? Not that long ago, a few years ago. Then I, I, I looked at a box score in like Jersey Village and Cy Creek one game, ran like 220 plays, something stupid combined in a high school game. Well, you're going to get more head injuries, right? Guys are mentally tired. Mm-hmm. What happens when you get mentally tired, right? I mean, I get it from the football perspective a little bit, um, so I, I do get that. But here's the problem with this. All we talk about now is the portal, keeping guys in your program. You know what? This is not – this rule change isn't good for, the, uh, for the, a lot of these programs because I, you can say, well, it's only six plays a game. Six times 12 is 72. And that's 72 plays over the course of a year that probably some second team guys, some guys you're trying to keep aren't getting on the field. And it's going to make your job tougher to keep those guys in your program.
1: I wonder if it, uh, I wonder if the parity too uh, is something that we see more of in college football with the rule changes. It definitely, the NFL is right. Everything's NFL is built on parity everything that they want everybody to be, you know, 500, eight, eight and eight. Well, I guess now you can't do that because 17, but you get my point, right? They want everybody to be, you know, as close as possible competitively. And I wonder if the new rule changes will make the college games a little bit closer. We won't know. I just don't have the sample size, but I wonder if that's going to happen. too. they seem like, you know, they may be a little bit more competitive just from what I'm looking at.
0: Hey, I've got a great question. And this goes against Rod's football theory, by the way. Uh Why didn't we see? T- why didn't we see Sark take deep shots down the field? He only took one to J.T. Sanders that almost got intercepted, and I don't know what? if that really constituted a deep shot.
1: No, no, this is actually really simple. They play a lot of three high. This is very simple. They play a lot of three high deep s- safeties. <laughs> no, Same
0: no, no. no, 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 no. What? Here's the point though, Rod. You say that you you said that Sark, no matter what, has to throw the ball deep. That's my point. And so you say oh, the three high safety just takes that away. That which just, yeah, and negate. I mean, I mean it's
1: like throwing why would you why would you throw into it? You don't have the numbers advantage. Uh, and I think that's why you didn't see it in this game. I mean, that would that's like suicide. I mean, they literally are playing three high deep safety. Right. Not gonna show. The, the, the NFL right now is experiencing fewer deep balls than they've experienced in the last 10 years or so because everybody's playing two high deep coverages, and nobody wants to throw into two high deep coverages because it's nonsensical, because there's two deep safeties back there. So that's why you didn't see a lot of it. And you might not see a lot of it versus a lot of three highs in it. Because I think there is a plan that's sarcastic versus three highs. Like I said, I'm not going to dive into it now because we're we close against we it. But I, the, the, the plan is not the deep ball. <laughs> I assure you.
0: Yes. I, this one's funny. Uh, on the watch with us. Listening to Bobby online during the first half was like being on the Titanic. I felt <laughs> like he was going on the ship. Hey, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> i need. i needed a life preserver gary mm-hmm. came in in that third quarter and i was like i need to go get ready because this is just this is a little too much for me right now uh but uh, anyways hey some other stuff going on uh, one of the things that i i find interesting and this is a, a good question i brought it up with the the whole idea of uh getting the running backs more of the ball in space yeah. and not just uh uh handing it off. No running back had a catch other than Keelan Robinson's uh catch in the first quarter in the second drive of the game, right? Where where you know what do we do more to get the running backs involved in space as opposed to just the the wide receivers? Because it's it's clear to me they they're not using Jordan Whittington to ever catch and run behind the line of scrimmage. They're using him to block for it. He's their best blocker. Right. Yeah. And so, how, how do you get bigger guys out there to to maybe move some yardage, not just Keelan, but but Jonathan Brooks, those guys involved? So hey, you've studied uh, Sark's offense, Rod. How do they get those guys more involved? Is it just simply using them out in motion? Is it anything else?
1: Didn't we? Uh, didn't the running backs get uh, you know? Honestly, pretty good target share in the Bama game. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes, they did. Especially the start, right? In the bunch formation. Yeah.
1: Ravens. And 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 it was those short uh, like kind of swing screens. Horizontal, horizontal pass the Baxter first yes. play the game. Wide receivers get
2: their block first down. Yes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. They were like kind of a flare routes at times. Yeah. I I think you can do some of those kind. of things. They basically long handoffs. These are That's extensions true. of the running game, essentially. They're so easy in terms of easy completions for Quinn. I think that's how you do it, I think you do it early on in the game. Um, I think that's a way to really kind of loosen up uh, in terms of the horizontal threat you're uh, presenting to your defense, kind of loosen them up a little bit. Um, It worked in the Bama game, and if it can work against Bama speed, that means you can do it versus anybody. I just think he didn't have it. That kind of goes back to Jerry's point about the game plan, maybe just the wrong game plan versus Wyoming.
0: All right, uh, guys, uh, speaking with uh, Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton, Drew Kelson unable to make it with us tonight uh, because he was at a wedding. Uh, so uh, I hope that all went well for Drew. Uh, we'll see him again next week for the Baylor game. Uh, fellas, um, summing up what we've seen, uh, the first three games for the Longhorns, yeah. 3-0, and we did not expect them to be 3-0. and nope. just Let's just be clear. I mean, I know a lot of fans said, hey, You know, that's that's uh, we want it. We think y'all should have liked them against uh, against uh, Alabama and all that other stuff. But most prognosticators had Texas losing to Bama, period. Not just us. Now they're three and oh, they're a quarter of the way through the regular season. It's crazy, right? It's three games in non-conference is now done. Mm -hmm. It's time to look forward to the Big 12. The Big 12 looks like a mess. Like a hot mess right now. Completely. Yes. Um, You had K State losing to Mizzou this week, this weekend. Uh, Will Howard hobbled, but the 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 K State defense in the secondary does not look good right now. No. Um, Oklahoma looks kind of good in my opinion. Yeah. Definitely improved on defense. I agree. And Dylan Gabriel is doing
2: some nice things. The Big 12 went 0-2 in Ohio today, and neither one of them played Ohio State. Damn. Well, Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio also? Yes.
0: Wow. wow. And Iowa State losing to uh, Ohio. Ohio. Oh, so they're 0-2 against the
2: MAC. Yeah. Uh, Brent, your mark almost had to hang the Big 12 title to Wyoming tonight, the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Only if they played
0: good basketball.
2: Right. Okay.
0: Dennis Dimbo. <laughs> Dennis <laughs> Dimbo. Uh, Hey, the, 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 the thing I was getting back to three games in Rod, Jerry, what are y'all's thoughts right now on the Texas program and, and where, what they've got put together. And I mean, I, I will say at the end of the day, they're three and Oh, and that's better than I thought that would be. At this what,
1: point in time. Yeah.
2: My, my initial thought is look, we, we, we have different expectation levels. Now the talent higher in the program, everybody knows that you beat Alabama, everyone saw it. Um, and I think the thing is, Sark's come a long way from giving up 57 points at home to Kansas. Okay, so it, 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 Sarks has got the program headed in the right direction. It's um, against Rice and against Wyoming, it was not pretty offensively early in either game. Um, and, and I think you could blame any of three or four things on each of those. Um, that's just me. Uh, but look, 3-0, and Texas controls their own destiny right now. That's the bottom line, is they do control their own destiny right now, starting the Big 12. And I think – you know, I, I want to see what Ross and Hudson's long-term prognosis is. Cedric Baxter didn't play tonight. I think he's their most talented running back. Um, but this team can get a lot better. They can get a lot better to me. And I that that is looking forward is – I didn't like what I saw being in there the first half tonight, um, but I see a team that can still get a lot better. And if they – will continue to move towards maximizing their potential, reaching
1: their ceiling.
2: They, gotta, they have a chance to have a really good year.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think the team is going to be a good team. I mean, they, you know, I think they're going to be a good team regardless. And a good team is, you know, nine, ten-win team. They have the chance to be a great team, though, after starting, you know, 3-0. and They can become a great team and a great team is, you know, a team that's playing and winning championships, playing for championships. They got a chance to be a great team. And I said, I know they're going to be a good team because of all the things that Jerry just said. That's pretty much a done deal. Uh, but I, I am excited for their opportunity to be a great team. We don't have and not a lot of great teams at Texas, man. I play for good teams, Really, really, really good. I can put three reallys in there. Really, really, really good teams. 111 games. But I don't know if they can be sitting great teams because we didn't play or win for championships. That's what great teams do. This, chance, this team's got a chance to be a great team. And that's, I'm, I hope they understand that. But I do think this, is a, this week was a great lesson that you can have all the talent in the world. You can have a lot of talent. But any given Saturday, any given Sunday, if you are not prepared, if you are not focused, (laughs) if you are not ready to execute, you can and will be beat. That's the beauty of this game. If you won't come ready to play, you will get exposed. And we've seen Texas like, hey, they're good enough where they don't have to be know the best coach team or the most prepared team or you know have, have the most be the most focused team have the best execution and still found a way to win versus rice and versus Wyoming but we saw versus Bama what they're capable of they out coached Nick Saban team they beat that team they were a better team so um I hope they learned their lesson like hey man week to week you got to focus if they don't yeah, even in this bad Big Twelve, it's a basketball conference now, not a football conference. You can still be beat by yeah. all these teams that have been beat too.
0: Yeah, I I think my my take on it is a little bit uh, like a mix of you two, uh, Jerry and Rod. Uh, the team is growing up, right? They've gone from five and seven in twenty twenty one under Steve Sarkeesian to eight and five. Finished kind of strong, in my opinion, right? The win at K-State still sticks in my mind. And then beating uh, Baylor uh, when they clearly didn't have their A game on offense. And and Dave Aranda had come up with a way to to really stick it to to Steve Sarkeesian, in my opinion. You add those two things together, and now you go and beat on the road uh, an Alabama team that you can say what you want about how they played today. They're auditioning at quarterback right now. So uh, Saban said after that game that he's going to look at all three quarterbacks. Now he feels like he has enough information on all three to make a decision. Wow. Um, And so my, my take on this is it's part of the progression. You don't just go from zero to 60. You got to, you know, there's, there's stops Mm -hmm. along the way that you have to make. And I think Texas is starting to make those and it's just the next Think they, they are not this uber dominant team. They're not there yet. Now, whether that's because of quarterback play, play calling at times, uh, mistakes on, on pre snap penalties, to, to y'all's point, all those little things drop passes, add up. Um, you know, but I, all of this being said, uh, Texas still held Wyoming to just three points after the first drive of the game. I mean, I, I, so I, I, I say all this, and what I mean by that is defense travels. We talked about that. I think that that if Texas didn't have its defense, even though Wyoming took the, took the air out of the ball tonight, if Texas doesn't come back with that, I, I, I'm not sure we're sitting here talking uh, in, in as confident necessarily as things are uh, right now. But I think it's just another stop along the road of progress. Uh, for the Longhorns. All right, uh, Jerry, Rod, uh, thank you all so much for tonight. I'm going to give you guys any kind of parting thoughts that you want to give Longhorn fans tonight uh, before
2: we get going. I think, um, you know, without knowing Cole Hudson and Chris Ross's timeline, I think we know Cedric Baxter, Maurice Blackwell, likely back next week, right? Um, they were game time decisions this week. I think Baxter was pretty much ruled out, even though it was listed as a game-time decision. Um, haven't been any season-ending injuries yet that we know of. So you made it through your non-conference. I mean, maybe Hudson is, maybe Ross is. We'll see. But there was – you got through three games, and reality is some of those guys you said, we can't afford to lose, they're all still standing and healthy right now. So you're going in – Hey, Jalen Cavillon, they're they're keeping his snap that he's almost on a pitch count, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's smart by Texas. They're not as good of a secondary or defense without, especially secondary when he's not on the field, but they got to keep him on a pitch count. He's had too many injuries. But all the guys that you said you gotta have a have great seasons,
1: they're all still standing right now. Yeah. Um, no, my pointing shot for uh the Texas team is to um stay focused. I mean they, they right now all their goals are still ahead of them. I think if this team stays focused they can really accomplish them. For uh for the Texas fans, I think we should um I'm with you uh, Bobby. We probably need to start looking at the maturation of this team more so we can appreciate what we're seeing and what we're observing instead of already pre, you know, prematurely crowning them as great and then all we do is criticize you know, hey, they don't look like the great team, they don't look like the number four team in the country. No, no, just think about like Jerry said, it came a long way since losing, you know, to Kansas. Right? Like that, that we gotta keep it into perspective and be and able to contextualize everything. So I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm a, I'm big on that because I think that uh, having I, I just feel like you can't, to my point, I don't think you can go from zero to sixty. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's there's a lot of Building uh, uh, bricks along the way uh, to do that. Hey, uh,
2: Bobby, Texas yeah. is going to wake up ranked in the top five, six in the country again for a second week in a row, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: and and uh, you know, we saw other teams have problems today. No, doubt. Boston yeah, College is not a great team. Yeah, no. is yep. Florida State a top five team? Probably so. Mm-hmm. But is Texas a top five team? Probably so. But do are they really? I, we don't yeah. know. I have a hard time Washington, Washington
2: should be ranked ahead of both of them. We don't know.
0: Hey, I, I think
1: Washington's going to jump into the top five. By the way,
2: Kalen yeah. DeBoer is a
1: fantastic
2: young football. Well, player. and
1: Phoenix is uh man. He might jump up there in the highest Heisman front runner. He the
2: Heisman Trophy is going to be won when those two teams play each other. USC and uh, USC and Washington. Yep. Yeah.
0: Interesting. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey guys. Uh, big win for the Longhorns. I know sure. it didn't start off the way you wanted, but as Rod B. says, it's the finish that counts. Yeah. Uh, the Longhorns defeat Wyoming 31-10. to 10. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have rapid reactions. Uh, we also have the grades that we're going to give. Jerry and I are going to get together. Uh, and then the live stream tomorrow night. Uh, guys, it was not pretty at times. Period. <laughs> it was not pretty. I uh, had some people sweating in the stands, uh, <laughs> on the sidelines, and everywhere else. Uh, but the Longhorns, most importantly, came out victorious uh, and uh, are now 3-0, and uh, undefeated, uh, heading into conference play. They go to Baylor next week uh, up in Waco. All right, for Rod and Jerry, I'm Bobby Burton. I appreciate also our sponsor, Flight, uh, from Yingling, the next generation of light beer. Uh, Rod, Jerry, everyone else, have a good Thank night. You. Welcome.